Dear listeners, Sai Ram. Welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30pm to 2pm Indian Standard Time. Today's episode was first featured as part of First Day Live on May 16th, 2013. Sairam, dear listeners, and welcome to yet another segment of Afternoon Satsang. Offering our most humble pranams at the lotus feet of our dear Swami. Because you know, the magical thing about summer vacation is that though we are in a point in life where summer vacation actually doesn't matter, you know, because we are past those school days, those institute days. And yet, summer always reminds us of summer vacation because of the fun that we have had during summer vacation and the kind of activities that we have done during the summer vacations. So vivid are they. in my mind it is so vivid all the things that i used to do in the summer that even today even though i am working in an office i somehow take my leave or my vacation my annual vacation in the summer itself right <laughs> there is no need for me to take it in summer but so programmed it has become that in spite of having gone out of that cycle from the past 6 7 years even to this day whenever i take a vacation from office i take it for 10 15 days in summer that is how powerful the feelings and memories of summer vacation are very true and you know even as you said even as we are planning vacations it suddenly reminds me that you know, i mean it just comes to be that i don't need to wait for the someone to take a vacation because Correct. you know i mean working with reduce i working uh, for any other organization i think any other month is as busy as a uh, summer month would be mm-hmm. and there's nothing sacrosanct about summer or nothing holy about summer nothing special like that but just that we are so used to it that we continue along with that we need not wait for uh, summer but we somehow wait for summer <laughs> right and, and you know talking of summer vacations it takes you back to the to the 100 things which you used to do during summer to pass the time because you know even as children till summer comes you're so busy with your academics you're so busy with the the rigmarole of going to school and the curricular activities which go with it hmm. you know when you're waiting for summer but <laughs> once the vacation start you you're actually looking for things to fill summer with and of course we had a lot of things to fill uh, summer vacations with i remember when i used to go home this used to be in the school days because somehow after joining college i felt that the best way to spend each summer would be to spend it with swami Mm-hmm. and therefore whether swami was in brindavan or parthi mostly it would be brindavan i would go and stay there only in brindavan and there used to be those daily thrai sessions which are unforgettable but even then there's only morning darshan and evening darshan and thrai session we still had about 12 hours of the day and i remember those days how we used to play cricket football it used to be unbelievable fun because we have the whole day to ourselves to play so as college students we would go to the ground play cricket match after match play football or play table tennis play shuttle badminton and we used to you know innovate so many other games also we even had one or two 
treasure hunts that we organized you know because mm-hmm. we would be staying on a campus that is so huge with the grounds so there would be two teams and each team would organize a treasure hunt for the other team running around all the place and finding those little chits those paper pieces which will hold your next clue using all your brains to decipher the clues because some of the clues would require encyclopedia knowledge some of them will require local knowledge some of them will require language knowledge it used to be such wonderful team activities and fun things to do wow summer vacations were really memorable that was when as i said when i used to stay in brindavan during the vacation even when i used to go to bombay that was my hometown then when i used to go there for the vacations those times also the whole day would almost be filled with games apart from cricket and football we used to even play hide and seek because we stayed in a huge building with a huge building in the sense it was an estate with 10 20 buildings so a lot of hiding places there and even a single game of hide and seek would go on for 2 3 hours meeting lot of friends there are friends in school there are friends back home and it was a different set of friends so you're meeting new it used to be so much fun interacting playing and meeting up with so many people I'm not talking of staying back in Brindavan during summer. I mean it just takes me back to the time when you know because Swami used to make so much effort to make that stay during summer special because Correct. you know Swami would know that these are fellows who have not gone home mm. they're missing home food you know they've missed it all the year long and they're continuing to miss it even during the vacation. Mm. Swami would make it a point to somehow you know under some context arrange for a grand lunch some pretext yes in uh. some pretext and you know and there would be mangoes there were times when you know we used to be eat two three mangoes in a day because swami would give it in the mandir and swami would give it in three sessions then when you go for dinner they swami would have sent it there also mm. swami found ways of making that summer vacation so special because and apart from those material gifts how can we forget those activities that every day swami would call us for three sessions and in those three sessions what would happen would be so magical almost two hours with swami music speaking mono acting and swami's discourses listening to good thoughts spending so much time we used to wait for a vacation because we used to feel that there are so many things that we love to do but we are not getting enough time because of the academics once the vacation starts swami would ensure that we sp- spend part of our time on things that we are supposed to do also and swami would make them so fun simply by his presence really and you know i, I remember the summer vacation time invariably the format of a three session otherwise would be that a couple of elderly speakers would talk mm-hmm. the teachers or the guests and then swami would have a discourse the interesting part of three sessions was the chat which used to happen between all this swami used to be sitting there and talking with the boys but invariably doing the summer vacation swami would do something different because Correct. i remember one day swami suddenly came and said swami had about seven speakers hmm. from the students speak in seven different languages correct and not- i remember that very vividly because i was hoping that i'll get a chance to speak in kannada in okay. swami's presence but that never happened that was well just maybe a byline but that is a very important day for me because on that day one of the speakers who spoke i still remember his name his name was silesh bangdale mm-hmm. and he spoke in english swami told him to speak in english and he saw me sitting sad after that three session okay when he came to me asked what happened i told him brother i i hoped that i would also get a chance and because swami asked that boy in telugu this boy in tamil that boy in hindi i thought swami will ask me in kannada i was preparing i never got that chance he smiled patted me on my back and he said you know with the intensity with which you are preparing continue to do that because brother after four or five years of pining and slogging 
it is now that i'm getting a chance don't think that it is out of the blue that swami picked and i got a chance i have pined for it for 4 5 years if you feel you have pined for it for 2 3 years don't stop pining keep pining and you will get a chance that was a very very important lesson i learned that is don't judge a person when he gets a chance thinking oh god you know swami picked him up out of the blue and hope i also will get picked up out of the blue of course i can get picked up out of the blue but let us remember that every act of swami has so much significance and meaning behind so personally that acted as a great motivator for me and i got my chances to speak 2 3 years after that but i even to this day remember that advice that he gave me saying that don't give up midway because with god effort is never wasted absolutely and you know talking of those three sessions i remember the same summer hmm only suddenly swami would come and ask i want to ask a question hmm. <clears throat> let's see you can answer with some those who give, uh, give answer i'll give a gift i'll give them a gift <laughs> you know something swami would come up with then And I, I remember one summer Swami came and distributed robes. Hey, why uh, you yeah, just no, mentioned that one. question, right? right? I remember one very interesting question. Again, I remember it because of personal association. Mm-hmm. Swami came and asked a question. That is, in the Ramayana, when Rama sent Hanuman, you know, with the ring mm-hmm. to find Mother Sita. Right. It, Rama gave the ring only to Hanuman because you know the the Lord knew that it will be Hanuman who will actually find Mother Sita. Okay. None of the other monkeys were given his ring. So Swami's question was when Hanuman met Mother Sita what was Mother Sita's question to Hanuman mm-hmm. you know so all of us tried you know i also tried i mean i tried some answer i don't remember now but i just tried some answer because Swami had said that those who give the correct answer will get a gift from Swami mm-hmm. so everybody was vying for it. it was like a lottery and all answers were being thrown it was you know just like a classroom anybody who has an answer raises up his hand and swami says okay you okay you okay you so so many i remember when i told swami said me talakai <laughs> means don't say gibberish or it's mm-hmm. a you cannot it literally translates as your head mm-hmm. but you cannot translate that language so finally the answer very interesting you, you know what was apparently what was the, the first thing that sita asked hanuman yeah i think i remember that but I, i'll let you share it oh, with thank us thank you okay yeah so apparently sita asked hanuman She did not ask whether uh, did Rama give this ring. She asked, "From which finger did Rama remove this ring from?" Right. And uh, Hanuman answered. The answer was Rama pulled it out from his thumb. Mm-hmm. And then Swami said that Sita felt happy because uh, it seems that Rama was missing Sita so much that he had grown so thin that the ring that would actually fit on his ring finger now had to be worn on his thumb. <laughs> see that is another magical thing that would happen during the summer vacations we get to hear these kind of stories which other times swami does not reveal right it was so interesting in fact after that some of us you know we made up a concept called sita syndrome mm-hmm. a sita syndrome is when you feel happy when someone you love is suffering because that suffering is because of you a sign of sign of the them missing you them yeah. wanting you them loving you so uh, sita knows that rama is starving and is hungry but she feels a happiness within because she knows that her lord is also missing we also feel that same thing right means though we shed tears when we come to know when we hear those episodes where uh, swami did not eat because his students had not eaten but those students would have definitely felt very special you know that is that is sita syndrome you know swami did not eat because we did not eat <laughs> you feel so much that wow swami belongs to us so the, So well yeah I just got lost in memory lane before we get lost further in memory lanes we come to the point that we were discussing prem that we had such beautiful summer vacations so many activities that we used to indulge in 
but you know last two summers when i have taken vacations and have been to different places have been to my own places seen my own cousins seen you know so many people i somehow feel that the modern generation is missing out so much of the summer vacations so many aspects they're missing it so completely and i feel that is partially because of the rapid and massive advances that you know social networking has done uh, the computer has done the television has done the way it has imploded in our lives the way it has inundated our lives you know it is sad that even during summer vacation there are very few unless you know in puttaparthi or other villages if you go through but if you go to the cities not much of cricket going on not much of games going on not much of outdoor activity somehow vacation seems to be have become a time that is spent all inside the house and true you know as you mentioned social networking when we were we already sounding like we are from a bygone era but the fact is it's just some time back it is not even you know very long ago yeah maybe 5 years back right just a few years back it used to be there because when vacation come you are waiting to go and meet friends you are waiting to go and uh, socialize really but now it has become like you know that <laughs> is socializing the, on yeah, the network right, that's the only time parents love children to use their mobiles allow children to go on social networking so they're waiting to go and socialize on social networking sites that also brings in a kind of restlessness because you know when i see some of my cousins and you know, i was talking to a cousin of mine he was telling how his son needs to be given something or the other at any given t- point of time you mm-hmm. know he would come and ask for his father's mobile and he would be fiddling with the mobile so suppose the father wants to make a call he has to give him some other gadget to take the mobile out of him a replacement you know yeah he'll have to give him a tablet or something and then you know take the mobile or he'll, he'll have to open the start the system and allow him to sit on the system and you know he needed something or the other to keep himself occupied the thing of looking around and looking at what is around you even in nature you know that's completely gone because even if you read some of the great poets like you know the works of oscar wilde or uh long fellow they all glorified that going out in the summer and being in nature i think mm-hmm. that is kind of lost with all these things in fact i don't know if many are aware of these names also wordsworth or long fellow i mean they are not the names that fill the consciousness today and uh, this is happening so much about 2 months back mm-hmm. i had read an article on the internet about how internet has become such an addictive thing in a place in a country south korea for example they have amazing internet speeds okay unimaginable in india here i mean it is something like uh, they apparently have 16 mbps 32 mbps here when we feel so happy with 1 mbps but that kind of bandwidth and internet speed has given them access to amazing kind of you know 3d games and and 3d gaming has become so addictive they have cafes in which children 12 13 14 years of age sit for something like 14 to 20 hours at a stretch playing mm-hmm. without food drink or sleep my god <laughs> and i'm sure you would have read how the government recognized this definitely in south korea the government has recognized internet addiction as in par with the other addictions which we are familiar with Drug addiction, a, right? Very dangerous thing, and you know, a couple of years back there was that disturbing uh, news about how a mother and father who were gaming addicts hmm. actually went on to even you know uh, not care for their infant, 
and eventually losing that child exactly and you know the ironical thing about that prem the mother and father were playing a game in which they bring up a virtual baby My and they God. were competing on who can bring up the baby better while their real world baby lay dead and the police had to arrest this and arrest the, the couple and they were put into jail and then there is another case of a guy who played 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 mm-hmm. and died of playing i mean <laughs> i mean i i felt first felt like laughing because how can you just collapse dead on the keyboard you have played so much that you have neglected food water and sleep that for after two and a half days out of sheer exhaustion of playing you drop dead i think really when the screen came game over i think it was really game over <laughs> for the gamer there oh and my god I, i don't think it was game over <laughs> on the screen but it was definitely game over here my god and though first i laughed i mean it is a very very serious thing and today we have, when we talk of olympics there are cyber olympics <laughs> where gamers sit and just game they play olympics and all these on a system it's almost like there is no real life it's all been sucked up into the virtual world like one of my friends was saying when he went back home hmm? his brother was sitting and playing some you know a football game or cricket game on on his playstation or whatever and his mother was calling him for lunch hmm. and he was saying no no let me just score a few more runs and come and mother okay. was saying that had you gone out to score those few runs at least you would have had good health in the and process. you would have wanted food you will be hungry it's a very sad thing but we all are without our knowledge becoming a kind of convicts of our own habits without a volition i think correct and of course we are in part to blame for it because everything is has been introduced by us only so there is a definitely a need i mean the problems that existed previously might not have existed now but we have created new new problems but i feel when it comes to addiction this is an age where addiction is most rampant and dear listeners that was what we thought we should keep this satsang about addictions because say 10 years back 15 years back when anybody spoke the word addiction it often would mean either drugs or smoking or alcohol that's all just about four or five things gambling maybe but today the word addiction has found such diverse meanings starting from gaming to social networking to cell phones to computers to television oh my god there are so many avenues to get addicted and there is so much propaganda to make it feel as if it's a cool thing to do and not a terrible thing i mean addictions are glorified well i mean literally you can imagine one of those old english poets sitting in his barn and you know just looking at the blue sky and the meadows he would have been looked like he's weird I mean you're just sitting idle you're not doing anything <laughs> correct and this has gotten so much into our consciousness prem just yesterday while returning from bangalore you know we had a car breakdown at gorantla which is about 33 kilometers from puttaparthi the car simply broke down and was refusing to start so we stopped the car and tried to find a mechanic a mechanic came and said i can't do anything because i know only how to repair diesel vehicles is a small place you need to get a mechanic who can repair petrol vehicles right so we had to get a mechanic from puttaparthi so i had to call somebody from puttaparthi they had to go to the mechanic find out if he is free then pick him up and get him all this finally took about one and a half hours mm-hmm. and for that one and a half hours when i sat there mm-hmm. just outside my car doing nothing i did nothing because i needed my phone for communication and my phone had only 15% battery left so there was no way i could use phone for any other entertainment 
I just sat there. It was beautiful, no doubt, but it was also very tough. I then realized how much all these things have become part of my life. That simply sitting without doing anything seems like a waste of time. I want to fill up the time with some activity or something that is at least entertaining, either work or entertainment. Otherwise, time is wasted. That is what has become our psyche today. That in itself is an addiction. I feel addiction to work slash entertainment. I think that's that is the reason why. you know swami is so much against being captives of habits or addictions mm. because as swami says man has to be in control of his life and anything which can control him is something which man has to abhor and Correct. i think that is one of the reasons why kicking a habit even a trivial one is so important because as you were telling me the other day when we were discussing because that leads to restlessness that kind of changes your character and mm. when you get addicted to a habit and when it is removed or when it is forcefully not available to you then it you may you know it changes your nature you become restless you get angry you get irritable so exactly because you you know for example if you take a person who is ad- addicted to smoking you go and ask him why he is smoking and if you try to give him or her a lecture on how smoking is bad for health and smoking should not be done the shocking thing it's not shocking anymore but the shocking thing is that it is not that they are unaware it's not that unknowingly they are flirting with danger they are absolutely aware of the devastating effects of smoking but yet he has to smoke and you ask him why do you want to smoke he'll say i don't know but if i don't smoke you know i'm going to get restless as you said after 5 hours it will become unbearable you know i'll be very irritable i'll make a mess of things in office you know smoking somehow calms my nerves it helps me work better so now imagine do you mean to say there are nobody who is able to face tense situations or calm their nerves or work without smoking there are many but just that that habit of smoking has changed your character itself right now you are so dependent on smoking that without smoking you are a different person with smoking you are a different person your character is defined by smoking and that is what swami says you know that your habits shape your character absolutely when swami used to tell it in a discourse you know just like a statement i used to listen to it and take it on your habits determine your character but today we can see it if we just open our eyes we can see how habits change character of people and you know talking of you were saying that people feel happy doing some things like you know a person who smokes get some kind of pleasure out of it mm. being non smokers we cannot say that there is no pleasure in it i mean Correct. even though we might be right we would not be considered right because we are people who have not indulged in thanks to swami so we cannot comment on it but let us even say that there is some pleasure in some of these habits you know ramakrishna paramahamsa used to tell a very beautiful story mm. of how a mill owner a guy who actually makes rice out of paddy okay and how he used to protect this rice from rodents No, mm. this is an analogy which Ramakrishna Paramahamsa used to say. Mm. In the godown where there are sacks and sacks of rice, mm. what he would do is in a plate put puffed rice and keep it in the open. Mm. Okay, and invariably the rodents and the rats and the other animals which come will eat only the puffed rice and go away. Mm. Okay, and you would say that from one uh, kg of let's say rice, you can get fourteen portions of puffed rice. That's how invaluable actually that puffed rice is. Hmm. So by putting out something like uh, just two three handfuls of puff rice, this guy was actually protecting kgs and kgs of the valuable rice. 
So Swami would say all these habits and addictions. Ramakrishna Paramahansa would say all these addictions and habits do give you pleasure, but it is like that puffed rice compared to that kgs of rice, which you are actually not going to, because this is easily available. Mm. So I think these pleasures which come out of some of these habits, which eventually lead to your downfall, are so easily accessible that we are not able to go beyond them and actually go at the right source of the joy. You know, when you said about Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, I was reminded of my school teacher mm-hmm. who, you know, one day in class he came, he was our physics teacher. So we were about to start a new lesson. So he began his lesson in a very strange manner. He said, you know, suppose I were to give you a liquid and tell it's very tasty. It's cool, very nice, very tasty. It's something you have never tasted before, but when you taste it, you'll love it. What will you do? So we thought, what? we were wondering what is this connection to physics and what chapter is next? So all of us answered that, sir, we will all drink it. He says, okay. Now what if I tell you that all what I said is true, but it is poison? He said, no, sir, we won't drink it. The answer was unanimous. None of us said we would drink it. But he says, but don't worry, wait. You know that poison, though it is poison, no, it won't kill you now. I thought, what is this poison then? It will just kill you after three days. So, so, still we don't want to drink it, sir. He says, what is the guarantee? You know? What is the guarantee that life will be, you will be alive till three days. So, you can as well drink it. No. Okay, what about, it will not kill you after three days. Say, it will kill you after two months. Till then you are fine. You can drink. Still none of us wanted to drink. He increased it to one year. Five years. It was only when he increased it to 100 years that one or two said that, not one or two, about five or ten said that, maybe sir, maybe we'll drink. If you guarantee us that when I drink it, I will be alive for 100 years and after 100 years only I'll die, mm-hmm. then fine, then I'll drink it. Okay. So I said, okay, fine. So, but still, you know, half of the class, we still hoped that, you know, maybe I'll live for 101 years, so I don't want to drink it. <laughs> okay. So now, sir took out only those guys who said that they would drink and he said, now I'll tell you one more thing. Mm-hmm. There's one more small problem with this drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem is that once you drink it, you may feel like drinking it again. And every next time you drink it, you'll feel like drinking it again even stronger. Okay. And every time you drink extra, one one year is reduced from your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, sir, then, then we don't want to risk it. And slowly we realized what he was getting at. And without him even actually telling it, we suddenly realized that he was referring to things such as smoking or drugs because that is what they do. They give you joy. You know, science can actually tell you that. That if you start smoking today and if you start deriving joy from that, rest assured that 25 years from now or 30 years from now you are dead. It is as good as that poison that will give you joy, that will give you everything. Only thing is you are assured to die after 30 years. Will you take it? So I remember this example because once you know that it is definitely going to kill you, why would you want to go into that? Though it may be giving pleasure. I think that's the surprising thing, you know. You have these messages on those products now. It actually says that this is injurious to health. Mm. You know, when you buy a medicine and I remember, you know, uh, a person whom I knew 
you know he bought a medicine for his child mm. and among the many cautions which was written there one said that it is found cancerous in rodents oh carcinogenic okay. for okay. rats huh? yeah is carcinogenic in rodents and so he ran to his doctor and he said sir it says carcinogenic in rodents can i give it to my kid okay that's how particular we are when it comes to medicines and you know things like that we don't give something which is expired hmm. we don't use but here on the product it says it's injurious to health it can kill you and you know it decreases your response time it decreases your attention and all that but still people go for it and in fact you know that is the physiology and psychology of addiction addiction is so powerful that the companies that actually manufacture all these addictive substances they don't care if the government tells that you have to put graphic images and write that it's injurious they don't care because they know that once you are addicted you just can't get out because addiction is so powerful you just seem so helpless and caught there are so many cases of people saying that you know i would love to give this up but you know i just can't or somebody like mark twain who said you know it's so easy to give up smoking i have given it up a thousand <laughs> times literally i think that's what happens you, you know when you're addicted you can give it up so many times because it keeps coming back again and again and i think that's also one of the reasons why addiction is is considered bad because when when you look at swami's message swami says don't waste food don't waste money don't waste energy mm. addiction is something which leads you to do all this don't waste food don't waste money don't waste energy definitely don't waste it wastes your time, time. it wastes your energy it wastes money food how do you think no maybe food doesn't work here addiction yeah i mean don't waste food i don't when when you say don't waste food uh-huh. swami says i'm reminded of you know one of our lecturers hmm. he was once telling us in class that one day when he was a student he thought himself what which one of swami's messages can he take up and practice okay so he said any one swami says any one you practice so he was wondering which one is the easiest to practice hmm. okay so in his mind he thought that don't waste food seems to be a practically easy thing to follow definitely because you know I mean, if if i am given a choice also i think i'll choose that yeah, don't so, waste food right. so i love said, food so why will i waste it so he said okay don't waste food so i, I will never waste food in the hostel hmm. so he did it very diligently and he felt very happy about it that yeah something at least i'm you know following hmm. then in the next discourse which swami delivered swami said hmm. i say don't waste food what is food swami said you know you have one organ which is the mouth do you think whatever goes through only that organ is food anything which goes into your body is food which means what you see is food what you hear is food what you feel is food any out oh. input which comes from the world outside goes into you is food so you should make sure you don't waste it <laughs> and that is why swami always says that see no evil see what is good right. hear no evil hear what is good do no evil do what is good because all that is also food wow <laughs> prem <laughs> you gave a, a rhyming ring to the whole thing now okay <laughs> you know as i said you know it reduces your attention some of these intoxicants when you talk of getting something from the society so i mean talks of gratitude these are all things which actually change your character so much addictions because that becomes a priority most importantly when we see some of these people who get into addictions that becomes a priority they forget their family they forget their duties to their family and the society that's one of the evils of addictions right and uh, swami you know used to say that in the beginning man drinks wine mm-hmm. and then wine drinks man i feel that is a beautiful statement which summarizes the difference between 
a pleasure and an addiction maybe when man drinks wine it's pleasure but when wine drinks man it's definitely an addiction i think prem we'll continue along this addiction and different things that swami has said about it after a short break we'll return back because there are tons to discuss so dear listeners please don't go away here's a small gentle break yes, after the break for you a, a song a telugu song which swami had written which we used to sing so many times in ah. which you know swami says how we get attached to things like this so swami talks about cinemas swami talks about how attractions in the outside world make you get addicted to them so at the other end of the song we were going to continue our discussion on habits and addictions important point here is to know how to differentiate between an addiction and a non addiction i feel for this we can take reference to what parvamsa yogananda you know mm-hmm. he has said in that autobiography of a yogi i remember okay. reading that he says that when he felt that he was addicted to tea and coffee mm-hmm. 
these are another among the many addictions that people get into so he felt that he was addicted to tea and coffee he just decided to stop drinking tea and coffee from that moment on for the next one year okay and that's it he did it he did it for one year and he said that more than for proving to anybody else he wanted to prove it to himself that he is not addicted to tea or coffee i feel that's an amazing thing if at all we have doubts if we feel that you know i am not addicted to this i am not addicted to facebook i am not addicted to online gaming i am not addicted to any of this it's just that i'm doing it because it's there if it's not there i'm fine can i simply cut off from it for the next forget one year at least for a month at least for two months maybe two months or at least a month if i am not able to cut off from that i feel it is definitely an addiction it needs to be dealt with because i am not in control of it and it is in control of me so the best way to define an addiction would be something controls me and i don't control it then it's an addiction yeah that's one of the easiest ways i feel you know because if you see i mean there is something differentiation between routine and habit Mm. I think a lot of people have a routine like you know they wake up in the morning they have a cup of coffee yeah you brush your teeth yeah. yeah so it is important to see a difference between routine and habit and this is how it is something which you do consciously knowing that it is good for you and when for some reason it is not done I mean it doesn't change your nature and change the way you are at peace with yourself mm. you know something which makes you restless and something which tells you that you cannot be without that and i think that is dangerous correct right? talking of addictions the most common addictions and you know where there is no ambiguity about accepting them as evil addictions mm. i think you would agree that it's smoking drinking and doing drugs right correct and you know it's interesting that swami had come in a time when these were all actually on the rise mm. in the early 60s 70s you know that was the time when people were literally discovering more and more of these intoxicants okay right because if you talk of liquor if you talk of alcohol there is mention of it even in the ancient scriptures there is something called somapanam and all that mm. is there but i think the 20th century and 21st century started seeing more such intoxicants so many varieties of smokings and cigarettes and cigars and all that and during that time the impact which swami made in the life of so many people is truly remarkable Hmm. the way swami helps so many people kick, kick habits because you know swami by himself stood as an attraction and he made it very clear that now if you want to come near me if you want to please me i want you to give up all these things wow that's an interesting way people can give up these kind of habits if they are into that is find something that's more attractive than the habit itself right and swami would do this not only by that you know swami hmm. would definitely through the devotion which people had for him would try to let them drop these things but also at the same time counseling them about the evil of these habits like how you said you know thoughts leading to characters how habit actually makes a character swami did not have told this honestly hmm. but swami also gave us the reason one reason for him to give us the detail about it was maybe so that we can actually share it with others correct you know not everybody can actually relate to the uh, love which a devotee has with swami and keep that as a basis for transformation hmm before we proceed ahead in this discussion prem i think just to get a feel for how 
strongly swami was opposed to these addictions we should play that small audio clip right i know this was during uh, i think swami's 69th birthday okay but swami very very emphatically said that if you want to give me anything i want these three things from you okay what are those three things yeah let's listen to it from swami's own voice స్వామికి ఒక విధమైనటువంటి కానుకగా మీరు భావించి ఈ మాంస భక్షణ మద్యపానము ఈ స్మోకింగ్ మూడు కూడా స్వామికి అర్పితం చేయండి ఎందుకనగా వాయ్ ఇది నెక్స్ట్ నెక్స్ట్ అనుకుంటుంటే అది పూర్తి టెస్ట్ గా మారిపోతుంది ఇఫ్ యు గో ఆన్ సేయింగ్ నెక్స్ట్ నెక్స్ట్ ఇట్ బికమ్స్ అ టెస్ట్ టెస్ట్ గా మారిపోతుంది దెన్ ఇట్ బికమ్స్ టెస్ట్ వద్దు వద్దు నో ఇప్పుడే ఈ నిమిషం నందే కూడాను ఆ సంకల్పాన్ని మీరు దృఢం చేసుకోవాలి రైట్ నౌ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ డిటర్మిన్ ఇది ఈ నాడు మీ నుంచి నేను ఆశించేటువంటి ఒక ఆశ దిస్ ఇస్ ఎక్స్పెక్టెడ్ బై భగవాన్ టుడే ఫ్రమ్ us కనుక ప్రేమ స్వరూపలైనటువంటి వారు మీరు తప్పగా దీనిని ఆచరించి స్వామికి ఆనందాన్ని అందించి దేశానికి కుటుంబానికి కూడా సరైన ఆదర్శప్రాయాలు అవుతారని నేను ఆశిస్తూ ఆశీర్వదిస్తూ నా ప్రసంగాన్ని విరమిస్తున్నాను when it comes to drinking smoking and non vegetarianism swami was vehement and that is what he has been doing since his childhood too as we have been discussing in our satyam shyam sundaram satsang though he was born into a family that had a, a history of eating meat he changed all that completely gave up and he has not touched meat in his life so swami is so strong about these and you know one more thing is we heard swami emphasizing saying don't say i will start from tomorrow from day after the next year right away right away start giving up i remember in one more discourse you know bhagwan had said he said this habit is so strong that you have to completely give it up completely give it up unless it's completely given up it will leave its traces that will again grow you know like weeds like parasites yeah, like right. parasites and weeds they'll grow and become so big again so he said for example if you decide that you know i will give up my habit little by little little only i'll give up say so you give up h he says from h from habit he says a bit is left okay. then you give up a bit is still left then swami says you give up the b it is still left and then swami would say you give up the i 
tea is still left you know that bad habit of tea so swami would say that if you want to give up a habit you have to give it up completely completely you have to so give it up beautifully swami says that you know let us put it to later it becomes a taste swami says you know huh. and it becomes even more difficult first it starts as a test you just want to test it out after that it becomes your taste and you just do not want to give it up really and you know, arvind even as you say but when swami says you have to give it up now you know there are some addictions which cannot be given up like that there mm-hmm. are some addictions which if given up drastically and suddenly will actually affect the body so badly correct and that is why they have these de addiction schedules right. and you have this alcoholics anonymous where correct. you know, you are given other uh, substitutes and slowly weaned and slowly out because uh, habit. Uh, because if you are withdrawn suddenly okay see that is why swami says you have to give it up completely and you have to start immediately he doesn't say that today you give it up and that's all stop it okay you are supposed to wean away i am in fact reminded of a chinna katha mm-hmm. a beautiful chinna katha which swami narrates on how one gives up an addiction okay swami tells the story of an opm addict mm-hmm. who just depended completely on opm for his day to day existence he knew it was bad he wanted to give it up but he was just helpless in the face of the powerful habit and one day a holy man walks into the village and this addict opm addict meets the holy man and tells him respected sire i want to give up this habit but i am just unable to give it up because i can't spend even a single day without opm mm-hmm. so can you give me a way in which i can kick this habit mm. without having to give up eating opm okay anybody is told this way the first thing will be you must be crazy if you want to give it up you have to give it up if you want to eat it you have to remain an addict mm. you don't want to be an addict but you don't want to give it up but the holy man was also a wise man and he gave a very interesting solution he told him that listen there is a way you can do this how much of opm do you think you need per day so this man brought out a pouch of opm and he said that this much is the amount okay now what you do the wise man the sage the hermit took a few chalk pieces equivalent in weight to the amount of opm that this addict had kept aside once on the weighing scale they balanced he said okay from today onwards every day you can have that much opm which is equal to the weight of these chalks is it fine with you the addict was thrilled he said wow i'm getting to eat drugs to kick my addiction why not it's fantastic are you sure it'll work and then the hermit says it'll surely work if and only if you write the word om nine times every day with this okay. chalk and you know well we know what happens mm-hmm. you know you write with the chalk the chalk reduces in size so every day the amount of opm that this addict took reduced till one day the chalks disappeared and so did his habit now in this chinakatha there are three things prem that i felt are very very beautiful and significant the first thing is you know the first thing that the hermit did was to ensure that this habit does not grow any further mm-hmm. the first step in kicking away an addiction is to ensure forget killing it is to ensure that it does not grow mm-hmm. and how did the hermit do it by limiting it to the weight of the chalks now you are assured that that addict will not eat more than that so that is the first step the second step is after limiting it ensuring it does not increase gradually reduce it day by day so that is what the hermit did by telling him to write om nine times every day it reduces the size of chalk you know at this 
juncture there is another very beautiful point mm-hmm. see he could have written his own name he could have written tree he could have written pond he could have written frog why om this was what i was thinking you know why did swami make a story in which the hermit advises him to write om this means that if you want to kick up an addiction you definitely need god's help because scientifically and theoretically it does not matter what you write with the chalk you could have written as i said a tree or a frog right but he was told to write om because swami's every word has so much significance every story is having so many facets to it and i felt that the meaning from this was if you want to kick an addiction you definitely needs god's help there without god's help it becomes difficult and that's why om and not tree or frog beautiful in fact you know talking of god's grace to kick an addiction mm-hmm. and putting in place what swami said drop it now mm-hmm. and as i said there are some addictions which cannot be dropped like that and you know there is one very very powerful incident of one of swami's own classmates classmates right. oh okay we are yet to come to that phase of swami's life in our satyam shyam sundaram afternoon satsangs where swami studied in urukonda okay there was mm. one classmate of swami who happened to be a, a muslim boy who went on to become a doctor in the early 1960s you can imagine he must have been a man of good respect in the society hmm. for having become a medical practitioner but you know he lost his wife he had 10 children about six girls and four boys Okay. and lost his wife and i think that led to some other events and he eventually became depressed and he got into this habit of taking morphine injections hmm. okay and that is supposed to be one of the worst addictions to come out of it's very okay. very difficult because it really <clears throat> modifies your constitution constitution yes. in the body the blood is changed right and the chemicals in the body there's an imbalance created exactly. such that you cannot stay without morphine yeah so he says you know he says how he goes into that habit okay i mean it's so really scary and it really makes me wonder how people deal with it when they get into this because you know he says he starts with two injections per day that's how he started taking morphine injection i think most of these people have some kind of mental depression and just to make them forget about that pain which they're undergoing in life they take it and he says from two a day within the next week or eight days he's taking four a day okay just doubles wow. okay and then in the next 4 5 days it becomes 8 a day oh my god he needs to take 8 injections a day and then within a month it is 16 injections a day oh god okay and slowly even as these things are happening his medical practice is falling because you know you're not in your best of senses when you're under the influence of drugs like this so the medical practice is falling he's not able to take care of his family and imagine he's taking 16 a day and he says in the next month it has come to 20 a day 20 injections a day right and in the span of 3 months since That's, you know 20 injections a day is more than one per hour one per hour ah. you know you're awake waking hours yeah waking hours are much lesser than 20 hours and you're taking 20 injections a day and he says within 3 months since he started this habit he's taking 30 injections a day oh my god okay and he says that 30 injections a day his practice is not enough to fund that kind of an expensive habit he says that he slowly starts selling all the land and the houses that he has earned all these years and mm. what all his family has passed on to him mm. he says he's selling all that just to make sure that he's able to buy 30 injections per day okay and he says that you know it's just that only that remains in his life eventually even stops his practice and he says there is no food at home he's not feeding his children 
because every bit of fees which comes to him goes into buying morphine injections in this few people who do him would instead of giving the fees to him would give it to the children or buy some food and give it to the children and that's how the children were you know living and imagine mm. it's gone for 3 or 4 months oh my god and every time a patient comes the children will go and beg him please don't give the money to our father please give it to us one side he knew what he was doing how wrong it was and as i said he couldn't quit the habit because every time he even reduced instead of 30 even if he took 26 27 mm. his body would react very adversely mm. and you know when he was going through this he says that the people in his town urokonda he was living in urokonda mm. and he sees that a bhajan mandali has started okay okay and he realizes that this was the boy who studied with him the swami who actually was a little satyam who studied with him has come to become sai baba and he's being worshiped in his very town mm. a bhajan mandali started and they're all doing bhajans so he says one day he goes to this place and he says you know what all efforts he has put in trying to quit this habit he says that there is a person one of his friends who goes and gets a brain surgery done to mm. stop this habit of taking morphine or to try to alter your brain right. so that you no longer so dependent that's exactly that's how difficult it is a cranial surgery is done so that you can quit the habit but he says that you know it could require 3000 rupees in those days and it was something which he couldn't afford mm. so you know he goes through all this and finally he goes to the bhajan session one day and he says that i stand in front of swami's picture and i say baba once you studied with me you were a friend of mine i don't know if you still remember me hmm. but you know i I'm, i'm so lost here my family is deteriorating my children are suffering i want to kick this habit hmm. you know do something help me hmm. so then f- for some reason he makes a resolve he says i will give up taking these injections for 3 days okay and even as he is making the resolve he knows how difficult it is that how- means he has to restrain himself from 90 injections right and he knows how impossible it is but he says for 3 days i will not touch these injections hmm. but at the end of it you should remove this addiction completely from me he says i'll give you a word i'll stick to it whatever happens for 3 days i will not take an injection hmm. but at the end of it you should help me kick this habit and those 3 days might have been help for him right oh my god you cannot believe you know he goes hmm. back home and he tells his children that this is what he's going to do hmm. and he says i'm going to lock myself in the room how much ever i bang the door don't open the door and let me outside Hmm. Okay, because he knows that once that adverse reaction starts, he's not himself. Hmm. He might not even know that he has taken a resolve like this. So you know, he says he goes inside, locks himself up. In the first day, he starts getting muscle cramps. You know, cramps in his stomach. There's a bit of pain, but he says no, I will not take. And the second day, he says he starts bleeding in his feces and urine. Oh my God! You know, the body is just not accepting it, and he is yelling at the top of his voice. He doesn't know what to do. he's crying for hours together he's crying and the children don't know what to do it came to a state where they wanted to give him that morphine injection and relieve him of that pain but he said no i have given word to my swami i want to hold on to it and the third day it seems he's banging his head on the wall hmm. and they were scared that he's going to kill himself because that's how bad it was and the children run and call one of his colleagues who's also a doctor who comes with a morphine injection hmm. and that friend of his begs him he said permit me to give this morphine injection to you otherwise you will die Hmm. the reaction is too much for you to handle permit me to give this morphine injection so you know what he tells he says see i have given a word 3 days so he says you come tomorrow morning by then the word i have given to swami is completed you bring these injections tomorrow i will take it tomorrow okay. but for 3 days i will not take hmm. okay so his friend goes away and around 4 in the morning at the end of the third day somehow he goes to sleep 
and he dreams that he goes to a pilgrimage interestingly and that day after so many months after so many weeks he actually sleeps mm. and he wakes up at 11 in the morning okay okay and 11 he wakes up he comes out and his friend is waiting with a morphine injection and he smiles to his friend and says i don't need morphine anymore and in 3 days he's done in 3 days he's quit that habit wow i mean what more can you say of this you know you told of that chinakatha really this is god's grace plus that effort it is quite uh, you know disproportional it's not like the effort actually led to him leaving that habit because in any other case he would have killed himself hmm but how that god's grace that he had given a word he had taken one step towards swami and how swami made sure that he would fulfill his part of the promise it is almost though you say it is not proportional but it is multiplied a million times but definitely there is a correlation between effort effort put towards god and the grace that comes from god right it is so magnificent prem and that example i think should stand us in good stead for so many of our addictions you know even as you were narrating i had read this incident a long time ago and i had forgotten the details but as you were narrating the story i just felt that apart from these deadly world proclaimed world accepted addictions like smoking drinking and all this even our maybe our day to day lives themselves are addictions to the wrong things you know when we get attached to materialistic things when we get attached to careers to fame to name to money people ask what's wrong in that there's nothing wrong in it just like there's nothing wrong as long as you're enjoying once or twice but when it becomes an addiction it starts controlling you and in life all of us are addicted that way because our work controls us our careers controls us the money controls us i mean we are not in control of any of these and at a psychological level or at a different mental level we go through those same kind of withdrawal pains and we call out you know we call out and tell lord don't you have compassion why are you not responding okay because if you don't respond i'll go back to money it is uh, <laughs> just substitute the drugs with money or substitute the drugs with career or with power or influence whatever we crave for we almost do that to god we say god i'll try to give it up for some time and then you must make me fine after some time we are unable to bear without it it's a great thing what mr moinuddin did but we are not able to do that we say god will you not come and save me will you not come and save me from this habit because if you don't come now i will go back to chasing it <laughs> and we give up we give up so many times this example inspires us to hold on and fight on knowing that the pain that is coming now is far less compared to the pain that will come if we go along the way we are going and in fact you know that is one of the things which swami tells about habit mm. he says when you quit a habit mm. the self confidence that comes out of that that will power which will come out of quitting a habit is actually so great and it will actually help you in your life itself mm. and i think it's a very practical thing if there is anything which we feel that we are addicted to if we can get ourselves to quit it and you know it gives you a new kind of energy yeah i mean i can do it and it gives you the energy that i can do this with other things too correct you know, whether you do it or not that kind of confidence which comes and that kind of empowerment which comes the feeling of empowerment i think that's very very special absolutely and as we spoke about earlier that's what even parmahamsa yogananda did you know he just wanted to ascertain for himself that 
it is me drinking tea and coffee and not tea and coffee drinking me <laughs> and so for one year he just gave it up it gave him tremendous sense of confidence and knowing that i am not addicted that gives so much of power right and you know talking of uh, grace and the role how people have given up addictions hmm. with swami's grace you know one of my uh, seniors he narrated how his father quit smoking you know when he joined uh, as a student his father was an addict to smoking so hmm. he would often tell swami that swami please help my father quit smoking he smokes a lot he's a chain smoker so swami would say yeah yeah i will tell him and all that and almost every interview with swami would give that family swami would tell his father no no you quit smoking it's not good for your health it's not good for the health of people in the family mm. so he also would tell yes swami i'll try i'll try and it came to a point one interview swami said now this is it mm. i want you to quit mm. there is no more space for you you have to quit now mm. okay and he said swami it's very difficult for me because i smoke so often and if your grace is there i'll quit he said <laughs> you know that's what his father told swami he said swami if your grace is there swami said my grace is there dandaga undi swami says you know dandiga undi dandiga undi enough is there don't worry okay but you try try to quit so and he you know with great difficulty he quit smoking he uh, told himself that i'm not going to smoke anymore and actually yeah the most important thing was the way swami put it to him okay swami said i want you to quit smoking now okay mm. and swami said if you don't quit smoking i will ensure three things Okay. okay so I said I will not talk to you. Mhm. Okay. I will not give you an opportunity to talk to me. Wow. Okay. Because you can talk to Swami and Swami does not talk. If Swami said even that will not be there. I will not even give you an opportunity to talk to me. And the worst thing is Swami said I will make sure that you don't even think of me. Oh my god. For <laughs> So there for is no those e- of us who have got <laughs> addicted to swami if i can say so i think that is the only addiction that is worthwhile yeah you know addiction when, to when, god when swami is upset with you you uh-huh. always have that feeling that you know through my sadhana through my prayer i, I can, can please him. i can please him but here swami is telling i'll make sure that you don't even think of me because that you know he closes that door completely you can't even pray to him then as i was saying i think this is one addiction that we are allowed to have addiction to god absolutely correct In fact it's not a problem to have it I feel it's a must have for all. Right. If everybody has addiction to God the world will be a brighter place to and live in. I think in. I'm telling you <laughs> this is exactly what happened to this person. Okay. Right? Because his addiction to Swami was so much that the idea of losing this out made him quit smoking. Because when Swami said if you don't quit I'm I'm going to make sure that you have nothing of me. Mm-hmm. And he said over oh, that's no the, the situation's got really gone out of my hand i have to quit smoking and that's how he quit smoking and as i said he said tommy i want your grace and tommy said definitely it is there mm. so he said that after he quit smoking one day after darshan he goes out of the ashram and he says i told tommy that i will not smoke a cigarette mm. but i can smell that smoke when someone else is smoking second hand smoke okay passive smoking <laughs> oh my god okay so he says that he goes out to a shop where people are standing in smoking and he just stands beside them feeling that i'll at least get that smell hmm. you know so that that craving will be somewhat satisfied and the moment he inhales that smoke he starts choking he's not able to breathe he starts wheezing he catches his neck and you know he's very very uncomfortable he has to run out of that place and that is when he realizes that he is not only quit smoking when swami said my grace is there you it will help you quit swami has literally made him allergic to that smell Oh, allergic to that smoke. Okay. To that smell of that smoke, he's not able to even passively smoke. That is what grace of God. <laughs> that can is do. what grace can do. 
instead of a thing that gives you joy it starts giving you pain automatically <laughs> you give it up wow one more significant thing i noted when you were narrating this episode was that when swami told him that uh, if you don't give up you will lose me i feel that is one strong motivator that we can all use to give up something that we don't like you know do it for the love of god do it for the love of swami it becomes so much more pleasant and nice that's true you know but i'm sorry even to break yeah. your you know when you say love of god i think mm-hmm. we all are fortunate to have a god whom we can fall in love with and we have all fallen in love with and you know that can give us so much strength mm. but you know there will be people who do not have this advantage of having god in their life mm. and uh, talking of a situation like that i'm reminded of one of our uh, former students mm. who went out to australia and you know just by virtue of being a swami student mm. he became a counselor it's not that he was trained to be one it's just that people felt that you know somebody who had a child who was addicted to smoking or who was into some kind of bad habit hmm. they felt that he, they can take this boy or girl to him okay and have a session with him he will just talk to him hmm. and that will help so this is a reputation which he built without his uh, you know knowing okay it just happened and he became a counselor hmm so he said that he would get calls all through the week people would say that my son is drunk and he's fallen here please go and help him hmm. and he he and his wife would go and help this was a seva which swami had without his knowledge put him into wow okay and this one particular incident which happened i just want to narrate that he mm. says that he went and picked up one youth like that who okay. was fallen behind some bush he had drunk the whole weekend and he was there his mother called him up in the middle of the night saying that my son has not come back home for four days so they take a car and just drive down that whole area where he usually goes okay. with his friends finds this guy behind a bush picks him up takes him home and he says you can live in my home as long as you want but you know just make your health better and then you can go back home mm-hmm. and just gives him love nothing else just gives him so much of brotherly love and one day the boy wakes up and he says i want to smoke mm-hmm. okay and this student of ours he says that yeah you can smoke i am nobody to tell you not to smoke but no smoking in my house mm-hmm. he says because this is not my house this is swami's house mm-hmm. and there can be no smoking and drinking in swami's house so he gives him an option he says i'll take you on a drive I will drop you at the store which is about 1 mile away from my house. Okay, I'll drop you there and I'll come back. You can pick up your smoke, finish smoking and then come back home. Okay, no smoking in my house. So, picks up this guy, drops him at the store and comes back and then he finishes some other errands and when he's coming back, this boy is walking and coming and he's not smoking. Mm. So he stops the car and calls the boy and he says, "Why aren't you smoking? I told you you can smoke outside." And then the boy says, "I don't know. I didn't feel like smoking." Hmm. As boy surprised, why is it that you don't feel like smoking? Hmm. He said because I felt that you don't like it. Oh. And he said, what does it matter to you? He said, I don't know. I didn't feel like displeasing you. You know, oh. we are talking of having somebody like Swami and the fear of displeasing him, waning us away from bad habits. Hmm. But it need not be necessarily a love which is as pure as that. Even a love which is inspired by that love actually has power as strong as this. When you say that, Prem, I am reminded of. one more incident you know a very close person a very close friend he was into this habit of smoking and and uh, it was quite bad let me say he would smoke something like 20 to 25 cigarettes a day so right. it was quite bad and chain smoking and that was when you know he fell in love with a girl and this girl happens to you know have have all these ideals ingrained in her and she 
told him that she did not like she expressed it that she did not like the fact that he smokes in an otherwise perfect person and his love for her was such that he decided to give it up but you know he tried for 2 3 years he just could not give it up he just could not give it up and that was when on his job he was actually transferred to a place very close to puttaparthi mm-hmm. in fact later on he got even transferred to puttaparthi okay so he was working out from puttaparthi so it became a good thing and that was when you know he actually even confided that he intends to give it up and some of us we spoke to him and we said we will support you in whatever way it's a great decision that you have taken you know we supported him and he decided to give it up and within a matter of 6 months he gave it up he gave it up and later on he told us that you know all the while he said there is no difference in the will that i had to give it up i was as determined as ever to give it up but i just could not give it up before because of the company that i kept he said that you know the friend circle with whom i went the situation that arose there they kept kindling back that addiction so i just found it so tough to give it up he said in the company of you guys it became so easy and now i am nicotine free i am smoking free he married his sweetheart of 7 years and it's wonderful and she's also amazed as to how he has completely given it up but this highlighted an important factor which is once you are on the path to give it up you have to give up everything else associated with that also all the situations that made you go into that all the kinds of people that made that's why swami says run away from bad company and bad company is any of the company that pulled you into that and that was the same thing that happened even in the case of that student whom you said whose father was smoking right he tried to go into the company back you know <laughs> that just seeing somebody smoke ignited in him that interest and that need to smoke again so it is so important while you are giving up addictions to ensure that you do not get into the people get into the situations get into the positions which actually brought in that habit and addiction in you very true in fact you know this is actually another problem hmm. you know one thing is habits you get fascinated about something and get into it the other thing is peer pressure there's a concept of social drinking now <laughs> because people hmm. get into that kind of circle where you're forced to get into such habits and it just changes your nature in the end so what do you do at such times if social drinking well i, I, I really do, i know there's one incident i i'd like to narrate here huh? where you know getting into such habits because of peer pressure also is a sign of weakness okay and when you actually come out strong and say that no this is not what i do and that will actually benefit you in so many ways it could even act as a reverse peer pressure right inspire somebody actually, else yeah that can inspire somebody else and can give you respect mm-hmm. in that peer because everybody else there is actually caught up in that same problem they are not able to come out of it and they see somebody who is above that you will automatically win the respect you know that's exactly happened with one of our old students you know he uh, after he finished his studies here he was about to go to germany on some mm. particular deputation he was working mm. for a firm in india and there was an important project for which he had to go and earn that project for his company so mm. that was the situation he was in and surprisingly he was chosen in spite of being such a junior so okay. his boss had chosen him and boss told him that you know it's a very prestigious deal and there are 200 other companies vying for it and i'm really pinning my hopes on you that you will get it for us so this boy came to swami and he wanted to take swami's blessing before going 
and he had the opportunity to even tell swami that he's going to germany and swami asked a thing which is very weird you know he something which he didn't expect swami said what will you get for me from germany oh so sweet okay uh-huh. you're going to germany what will you get for me and this boy was thrilled and also surprised he said swami anything swami what do you want i'll get anything for you and then uh, swami said i want only one gift just come back the same way you're going hmm okay and he was surprised he said what does that mean come back the way you're going and he felt that swami is telling that i have made you what you are hmm. you know with whatever good habits and good nature come back the same way don't get them damaged okay so he goes to germany and needless to say he makes a impressive presentation hmm. so that evening after all the presentations are over during dinner all these people all these companies which are trying for that contract and the main boss who is actually awarding the contract everybody he invites them for a grand dinner and they're all there and everybody is drinking as i said you know social drinking that circle everybody drinks so this boss who's actually the main guy who can hand over the contract he is talking with this student of ours and he offers him a drink mm. okay the boy very politely refuses he says no sir i don't drink okay so that man said i am offering you a drink are you refusing me hmm so he said uh, i'm really sorry to do that sir but i don't drink hmm i don't drink in circles such as this when you say i don't do this people get offended because it's like telling that you're doing a mistake i don't want to do that correct <laughs> so he, in fact i feel that is one of the reasons why peer pressure also comes because they feel that if we make everybody indulge in this then we need not feel guilty that no, we are only people like doing bringing junk. the bar down in a hurdles race <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to jump so high so mm. you know he got offended he said you know how can you refuse i'm giving you a drink he said sorry sir i don't drink and then that man went on to say young man do you realize that i am the one who is going to be giving the contract correct and you are refusing me something hmm so he says yes sir i i am completely aware of that but i don't drink and he said the boy said all the while the one statement which was running in his head is swami saying come back the way you went come back the way you went hmm so he said sorry sir i don't drink and this man said and he got very very upset he said i am giving you something and you're refusing and he walked away and all surprises the next day the contract is given to his company in spite of him in spite of him of the boss yeah. and then the boss calls him and he says that you know i was so impressed by the way you stood by your principles that was what inspired me to give you this contract so more than all his due diligence and hard work this final thing was the ceiling so it really does matter you know that's why swami says that you know you might think that uh, you know what is one habit matter in spiritual life or what is one habit lead to your your pursuits in life all these things do matter because these add to your strengths as much as they can remove your strengths well dear listeners this was an attempt yes to have a satsang and as prem indicated there are points where we went into different directions than what we had prepared but that's what always happens during the satsang it has been wonderful for us and hope you too enjoyed this satsang as much as we enjoyed presenting it the topic of addictions goes on and there are so many things that swami has said we hope that this has been a good peep into why one must not get addicted because spirituality always wants us to be in control rather than allowing things to control us and then how addictions can become very problematic because they make us waste time effort energy money everything and these are the ones that even ruin our character 
and then how they must be given up completely without a trace of it because even a trace can reignite the same thing and how god's grace is absolutely essential to give it up and finally as we discussed that if we are keen and are ready to put in our energy and efforts god's grace is always there like in the case of the smoking father how it made him nauseated and in fact allergic to cigarette smoke and in the case of the boy won him a contract in spite of him offending a boss who told him to indulge in a bad habit god's grace works in ways beyond our imagination let us just trust god's grace the way moinuddin did when he said that come what may for 3 days i will not touch morphine even if it brings on death that kind of faith in the lord if we have his grace will definitely flow and whatever be our major addictions or little bad habits definitely with swami's grace we will be able to overcome it with that prayer we offer our most humble gratitude at the lotus feet of our dear lord and we hope to see you and catch up with you again the next week at the same time for another segment of afternoon satsang and right now we will conclude with a song tum bin mori kon khabar le तुम बिन मोरी कौन खबर ले गोवर्धन गिरधारी गोवर्धन गिरधारी हो तुम बिन मोरी कौन खबर ले मुकुट श्री छात्र विराजे कुंडल की छवि न्यारियो मोर मुकुट श्री छात्र विराजे कुंडल की छवि न्यारी हो कुंडल की छवि नारी हो तुम बिन मोरी कौन खबर ले गोवर्धन गिरधारी गोवर्धन गिरधारी हो Sairam you just heard an episode of our radio series Afternoon Satsang This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics 
and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on May 16th, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.